We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, Vince, we've got more of this in rapid fire. Do you want to go ahead and do it? We might as well. Let's All go, right. baby. Rapid we've fire. Lot, we've got a lot in rapid fire tonight, whether it's Notre Dame, Super Bowl. Oh, so much good stuff to talk about with the Super Bowl. <laughs> whatever it happens to be. Fill in the blank. Harry Heastand announcing his retirement 20 minutes before the Super Bowl kicked off is blank. It's odd. I'll just say that it's odd, especially since we find out later, like Brian kind of knew this was going to happen on Friday and we're all sitting there getting ready for the Super Bowl and having to deal with that kind of news. Like it felt like a dump. It felt like a news dump, you know, like the Friday, Big after, news dump. like the Friday afternoon thing. You know what I mean? Like then you got the weekend and the news cycle and all that. Like it felt like a news dump. Nobody's paying attention to Notre Dame football. We're what we're getting ready to watch the, the, the Super Bowl. Like it was the, the timing of it was terrible frankly, and I'm reading way too much into this, but in my head, it felt like, you know what? Screw you, Harry. We're going to announce this when nobody's paying attention. <laughs> As opposed to... So you think they did it. You don't think it was Harry was like, let's do it now. I don't. I I don't think he had any control over when it was dropped because he informed the team like a week ago. I mean, why wouldn't you drop it in the middle of the Super Bowl if you're going to do it you know, on Super Bowl Sunday. Do I it. you stay away from the day completely. Like, it, it's just well, so stupid. there's that. It just seems very odd, you know. Like, they did, you know, it was defensive players that we talked with on Friday. And, you know, we we got to do that. That had been pushed back. And they changed it around and stuff like that. You've got all day Saturday. There's nothing going on on Saturday. You're into nothing. the weekend already. There's like another Notre Dame basketball loss. To do it 20 minutes before the Super Bowl, you know, because then it's like, you know, like people like who had some idea it was going to happen. Well, at least they've, you know, got some stories prepared and, that you know, they're they're ready to go. But, you know, like a lot of people are at Super Bowl parties and, you know, kicking back and, and doing their own thing. You know, you talk about spending time with your family and all that kind of stuff. It's like other people are doing their own things. It's 20 minutes before the the Super Bowl kicked off. It just. What an odd time to do. And it's like, like to me, like you said, you think it's more from the Notre Dame perspective. Like it would be very fitting though, with an offensive lineman, just kind of like trying to blend in, you know, know. like 
like you said, dump it before the Super Bowl. Nobody's going to pay attention. Nobody's going to talk about it. But here we are. It's just weird. The whole thing was just strange. It was weird. And it didn't feel to me like the announcement of a guy going into retirement after coaching for 40 years. You know what I mean? Like, it just didn't feel that way. With, with the amount of hype that Notre Dame had about Ian Book and the Super Bowl, and how many times we got to hear about that, to drop this Harry Heastand information 20 minutes before kickoff is ridiculous. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AGI a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune support system, but I hate taking pills. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, which is helping me kick my sugar addiction. In the morning before I get to work, I like getting something healthy in my body. And with AG1, I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves. It's very important for me to get my day started off with something healthy. But with my schedule, it's hard to prepare healthy meals. AG1 is a very quick way to pack my body with all that I need to jumpstart my day in a very healthy way. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing every morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com irish. That's athleticgreens.com slash Irish. Check it out. It's ridiculous. I'm so glad we don't have to hear that anymore. And I guess oh. if you're Notre Dame, you know, there's some benefit in telling quarterback recruits, Is look, there? we've got a guy playing, you know, he's not playing in the Super Bowl. He wasn't oh. even like, I was looking for him. They didn't do very many sideline pan shots. It's like you never even saw him in the background, but he was nope. not in uniform. He was wearing sweats. He didn't get to suit up. He's the third quarterback. Right. They, they made it sound like he was freaking Joe Montana out there, ready to ready to run out there on the field for the Eagles. Come on. It just the one post that they made, and I know you don't want to talk about this, but I'm talking about it. The one post <laughs> that they ahead. made with like his his like face that was like drawn, and it's like, good luck, Ian Book in the Super Bowl. And like, 
what good luck don't trip over the stairs when you're getting to your seat like right. good luck what are we what what is this what are you I, talking I, about i should find i should find and the, the answer is uh, no matt he no. did not dress because practice squad quarterbacks do not dress in playoff he, they right. don't they rarely dress during the regular season if at all he spent most of the times that I did see him during the regular season. Again, he's wearing a warm-up suit because he's the practice squad quarterback. Right. That's what he is. It's Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, Ian Book. The number three quarterback does not dress in playoff games in the NFL because they only have 43 men on the roster, on the active roster. Yeah. Just, they don't allow emergency quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. Right, which is why the 49ers were screwed in the NFC Championship, right? I mean – Let's be honest. Oh, here we go. Uh, it, it's on. It was on Facebook. That's where I saw it. And it. And I don't mean to disparage anybody over at Notre Dame, but whoever drew this self, this portrait of Ian. Oh, Trump, I know the picture you're talking about. I know the picture oh, you're talking oh about. Oh my, it's not good. It looks almost like a caricature. I, <laughs> maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. But they, it's just a picture of Ian Book. And it says Eagles versus Chiefs. Ian Book Super Bowl Fifty Seven Six Thirty on Fox. No, you could have picked any person that was in the stadium and put their picture there, and he would have the same the same guy. That's right on the outcome of that game. I look, I respect him. He's on an NFL roster. That's awesome. If he had one, he would have a Super Bowl ring for the rest of his life. Hundred percent. But to hype him like he was playing in the game was just—that's the problem. That's the problem. I yeah. I give him all the respect in the world. He's still playing the game and getting paid to do it. Okay, hey, that's awesome. I saw where uh, Chad Henney, you know, he announced his retirement after the game. I the Chiefs that, yeah. backup quarterback. He played 15 years and made $40 million as a, basically a career backup quarterback yep. in the NFL. Now, he was more than a backup early in his career. But, you know, the length, the, you know, the bulk of his career was spent as a backup. And he made a ton of money doing it, Who, which is awesome. Who's the kid from Missouri uh, who, who's just, uh, who's just um, making all Chase, kinds of money? Um, Daniel. Chase, Chase Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. Isn't it him? Didn't he yeah. make like just a boatload of money? He's still doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, career earning. That comes up in a Google search like immediately. All I got to do is type in his name. He Okay. He's made over $41 million as a backup, which translates to $230,000 per completed pass. In wow. his career, two hundred thirty thousand dollars per completed pass, John. Where do I sign up for that? Take it if you can get it. And and I exactly more power to him. Good for you, dude. You life changing money for your family by holding the clipboard. Good for you, man. Yep, that's awesome. By the way, do you do Super Bowl parties? Have you ever like? I have never hosted. I have attended a few over the years. Not recently. Yeah, not recently. I have always been more like, especially, you know, doing radio, having to talk about the game, having right. done as many of the parties and stuff like that, but and definitely have not recently either. Yeah. So the whole party thing for football and the Super Bowl and Notre Dame, like every once in a blue moon, I'll go to like an away game, get together for Notre right. Dame, you know, with people. But it turns out like I'm the one sitting on the couch trying to pay attention to the game. Everybody else is drinking, having a good time, doing their thing. Like, I can't yeah. do that. I, that's I, right. I have to be focused. And I, and I love my buddies who I was able to hang out with last year. 
for one of the away games. It was fun. I enjoyed it. But I just felt like I was kind of a stick in the mud because I was over there watching the game and having to pay like close attention to what was going on. And same thing with the Super Bowl. And I know I'm going to sound like one of the old men in the balcony, but it just goes on too freaking late. And I don't want to be over at somebody else's house and have to drive home at that time. I'm sorry. I hear you. I hear you. Pretty much in the same boat. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Super Bowl 57 was blank. It's a great game. I, I enjoyed it. I had a little, little, little itty bitty money on the, on the game, you know, here and there. And so like, it was fun kind of tracking that, but it was a competitive game. Right? The, the Chiefs were down 10. They came back. It's a tie game. All of that. It was an entertaining game. You can't ask for much more in the Super Bowl. And I was very entertained by the game. Yeah, I, I thought so as well. I mean, it did get a little dull from time to time just watching Philly ground, you know, grind out possessions. And true. But I mean, it's part of their game. It's like, <clears throat> I worry about. Uh, uh, I don't know how actual worried I am. I just wonder about Jalen Hurts with that style, you know, because like everyone talks about going for it and the, you know, the running and all that different stuff. And he is, you know, at least built a little bit differently, maybe a little bit thicker than most of the, the quarterbacks who run quite a bit. I just, I just wonder how long that guy can stay healthy, but, I, but that's fair as to the game itself. I mean, it was. It was a great game. It had everything you want. Like you said, it 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 had it had big offensive plays, you know, Hurts throwing balls yeah. downfield, you know, they great, you know, to Devontae Smith and into uh AJ Brown and you know, all you know, all this different stuff. And it was really, you know, we we got so used to seeing the Chiefs offense with Tyreek Hill over the last few years being the big explosive downfield offense, and they really figured out how to to maximize their possessions. They didn't punt in the second half. They they turned it into points. Yeah. You had arguably the best quarterback going right now, Patrick Mahomes running the whole thing. The, the really the biggest drawback to me was the grass, you know, like all the slipping oh, terrible up there on the field and I saw apparently they spent 2 years growing that grass on a sod farm. They started off in Phoenix. They installed it in the stadium 2 weeks ago. And they would, they had like this retractable right. floor. They would like set it out in the sun in the morning, yep. you know, to give it sun. And then they would bring it back in and all this different stuff. But this, that, that grass, that sod was terrible. That was, that was the worst part of the whole thing. They're lucky nobody got hurt last night on that stuff. When we went to the Fiesta Bowl last year, obviously it was different sod, but same stadium, the whole thing. <clears throat> the grass was so incredibly short, like, <clears throat> like first level of rough short. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Just like you've got the fairway and then just a little bit like that's what it was. And it, it, and it surprised me at the time. And I'm wondering if it was similar to that, just newer, right? I could see how they slip all over the place. It was like linoleum, man. Like it was so incredibly short. There was nothing to grab onto with your cleats. And then it was ripping up, and there was right. chunks, and it was a very, very disappointing thing for me since this is the Super Bowl. This is your epic moment as the NFL, right? And you've got a playing surface that nobody could stand up on. Like, that's a fail for the NFL. That's a fail. Yeah. Michael says they should have used the same field the Cardinals did, and one of the Chiefs was asked about 
the grass after the game, and they the Chiefs played in Arizona during the regular season. Bad he said too. the field that the Cardinals used was even worse yeah. than what we saw last night. Yep, yep. And remember, just, Kyler Murray got hurt on that. Right. So. Bad. It was just a bad, bad look. I yeah. mean, with all the technology that we have, you're in Arizona. Like, how does how is the turf a problem? I know. Bad. I know. We've been really lucky, though, like when you think about it, because I grew up with some stinker Super Bowls, especially in the 80s, you know, like when the Broncos were getting their butts kicked all the time and like Washington got spanked by the Raiders one time, you know, sure. there were there were a lot of different, blo- you know, like the Cowboys blowing up Buffalo and, you know, all those different things in the 90s. Like there were a lot of bad Super Bowls for a long time. We've been really lucky that there've only been a handful of really stinkers in the last 25 or so years. We've, we've had at least... You know, some games have been more boring than others, I guess. You know, there was one a couple of years ago. But for the most part, like, these have been very competitive games. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. going on last night? I enjoyed the actual game itself. The actual football game itself. I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. We're going to get to the big one of the night. I I have no idea where we're going to stand on this, like, from each other. But do you buy or sell? The defensive holding call on the Eagles near the end of the game on third and eight last night. I know this is not going to be a popular take, and I don't care. It was a penalty. It got called. So I know this is not a popular take, but I think it was a penalty. And if it's a penalty in the first or second quarter, it's a penalty in the fourth quarter. You call it? All right. So I'm going to throw it to the chat because I'm very curious as to what the chat thinks about the call. I think it was a good call. He literally held him. And the Eagles guy at the end of the game when he was being interviewed, he's like, yeah, I I tugged on his shoulder or I tugged on his jersey. That's holding. That's holding. I'm sorry. It's a penalty. It's holding. Brent says let him play. You can let him play, but let him play when it's legal. So, you know, there's that. Welcome back. Thank you. Well, I'll probably have to get this in quickly because the last time I had this issue, it kept reoccurring so my point on this is if your argument is well yeah you know it's a penalty but you can't call it in that situation which I it looks like you were just talking about there for a second I'm sorry we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on that you cannot ignore a penalty because of when it happened or you know you know they weren't calling it all game or you know whatever any of that kind of stuff like like did they ignore you know um D Ford's offsides in the AFC championship game, you know, when the chiefs were playing the Patriots because it happened with a minute in the game, like, like who decides which penalties we decide to ignore. They're, they're always going to call offsides and false starts and all that stuff. Aren't those just as much of, of a penalty as defensive holding. Right. And you know, like the biggest thing to me in that specific case, and I think maybe the official was thinking along these lines as well, based on when the flag was thrown, Like when you look at, you know, was it a slight hold? Yeah, it was a slight hold. But Bradbury, the guy, you know, the defensive back admitted James Bradbury. He said, yeah, I grabbed him. I thought that maybe I could get away with it, but he didn't. And the fact that he grabbed him and where that ball landed and where Schuster was when that ball landed, if he's not grabbed, that's probably a touchdown. It impacted the play. And that's the biggest thing to me. And that's what I think the official was looking at. He kind of waited, I think, to see you know, what the end of the play looked like. And then he threw it because 
again, like Schuster was not that far away, like probably within what, five or six yards of the ball when it hit. And when you're held like that and a professional athlete who can move at four, three, he's going to catch that ball. If he's not held at the line of scrimmage, I'm sorry. So Bradbury impacted the play. You can't just ignore it because of the situation in the game. I'm sorry. I just completely disagree with that line of thinking. Yep. Could not agree more. And somebody put like a side-by-side of, I think it was the second quarter when it looked like uh, Smith Schuster got, got held earlier in the game when he was right. going across. And they didn't get the but, call on that one. But here's the difference. Mahomes didn't throw the ball to him on that play. He threw to a completely different receiver. Refs are looking a completely different direction on the, on the play where it was called. The ball was going to him. Refs are looking like it, it was just, you, those are apples to oranges, right? In my opinion. Yes. One was holding. It didn't get called. One was holding. It did get called. Right. Okay. I, I agree with that. That's fine. But man, let's be honest here. If he doesn't hold him, it's a touchdown. Like, just like you said, you have to call that penalty. I don't care that it was at the end of the game. It doesn't matter. You have to call it. So again, I didn't have a dog in the fight. So I'm looking at this completely in a neutral, you know, <laughs> standpoint. Right. Yeah, you call it. You call it. It's defensive holding. Right. And I mean, you know, look at look at the Philadelphia Eagles right tackle, you know, all night long. Yeah. Like, and he's he's done that all season. And, you know, trust me, and anyone, you know, who's who's watched that all season long, like Lane Johnson. Like, has he ever been flagged for going early? But well, and when they like right slowed there. it down and they like pinpointed it and they're like, oh, he's just just great time. He's no, just really good. He was early. It's like Mishawaka's offensive lineman. No, they're <laughs> early. Right. They're right. early. Like, just because they do it the same way the whole game doesn't mean them they're not early. He was early. They're early. It's a penalty, but you know, they guess, I guess they decided that's not one. I don't know. Yeah, and, you know, I just hate the whole the refs shouldn't determine the outcome of the game. The refs don't. The, the, if the player commits the penalty, I don't care how much time is left on the clock, Bradbury determined the outcome by committing the penalty. The referee just enforced the penalty. And I just – Right. You know, we're we're going to get into the announcer thing here in a minute. Greg Ols- – well, we'll just go ahead and, and – I'll just say this, though, first, because a lot of people, oh, the NFL is rigged and all that stuff. A Cowboys a Cowboys writer tweeted today, if the NFL is rigged, uh, the NF- you would think that they would put the Dallas Cowboys in the <laughs> Super Bowl every now and then. <laughs> it's not wrong. You know, it's like, what benefit is it? You know, okay, so but Patrick Mahomes has another Super Bowl. Like, like, what benefit is it to the NFL that the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? You know, right. instead Absolutely. of the Eagles. None. None. Zero. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So it was Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson's first Super Bowl. Could be their only Super Bowl together with Tom Brady waiting in the wings here in a couple of years. What did you think of their call of the game last night? It was a lot of Olsen. I heard his voice a lot. Um, that's not necessarily a good thing, but it was just kind of bleh. Like, it was just bleh. Like, it didn't, I, you know, I watched the game, full volume, the whole thing. I, I don't, like, announcers don't bother me like they do some people, right? Right. So they were kind of in the background, so they didn't really do anything to grab my attention ever, like the entire time. So it was just kind of blah. I mean, they weren't bad. They weren't great. They were just kind of there. I don't know. It just, nothing was memorable to me. Yeah, I think they're good, but it. I, I'm right there with you. It was, it was more like it blended into the background and it, it, you know, like they don't really scream big game crew just yet. And again, a lot of people fawning over Greg Olson. I think he does a fine job. You know, like Burkhart was was there on the action, but you know, appropriate and all that kind of stuff. But like he just, you know, it's like he's a professional announcer. And you're right about the Olson thing. Like that's one big thing. It seems like in their booth is is like Burkhart has no problem like setting Greg Olson up yeah. and just kind yeah. of letting Olson go, which. There's no okay. problem with that in TV because typically in TV, the analyst is supposed to be the star, you know, like yeah. C. John Madden and Romo, you know, whoever else that, you know, you want to go down the line. That's typically how it's set up. You know, it should be for the analyst. You know, my biggest problem, what I like about Greg Olson and, you know, Jesse and I kind of go back and forth on this, you know, Jesse, you know, hates him because he thinks he's anti-cowboy and all that kind of stuff, whatever. But I think Olsen does a really good job of explaining what's happening on the plays. You know, he knows the rules inside and out. He was really good, like with the Jarek McKinnon, you know, like as McKinnon is running, he's like, he's got to get down. He's got to get down, you know, which I know ticked you off because of where you had some of your money last night. <laughs> but, I mean, he was absolutely right. He needed to get down and stay in bounds. He, he did. did just you know, like yeah. he, he knows game situations. He explains all that stuff really well you know to me the biggest thing that annoyed me was like he gave his opinion on the pass interference call that we just talked about right which is fine like he gave his opinion on what he thinks it should be now it's coming from a former player of course you know and offensive player offensive player that's right but i just felt like okay you gave your opinion they showed the replay you know you again you reiterated your opinion but then like Five or six times later, okay, get off it now. You know, yeah. you don't have to keep hitting that. We, we get it. You disagree with the call. You know, Mike Pereira comes in. He's like, well, it is holding, <laughs> you know, and then they're disagreeing about it after they had, you know, talked about what a rule, great rules analyst Mike Pereira is, even though, you know, it's like, does it, does it, does it take a genius to figure out when the running back's elbow was down before the goal line? You know, like we need the rules right. analyst to come right. in and explain that one to us. Was, and they, you know? they literally paused it. Well, he's down. Ball's clearly not past the goal line. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, again, like, I think that, that Greg Olson does a good job with all that stuff. But it was just a little bit too much for me at, at the end there with that call.
specific. Agreed. Agreed. You doing okay over there? You look like you're about to fall apart on me. I'm struggling, man. I, I don't know what it is. I, I got to get some drugs in me. Something. So over-the-counter drugs, by the way. Just yes. Like, yes. Like a head cold. Of course. Of course. Any Super Bowl commercials really stand out to you last night? You know, there was uh, the Alicia Silverstone one. That was good. I enjoyed that one. She's looking good for her age. I'll give her credit. <laughs> The the two dog ones I thought were good. Those were like kind of tear jerk, almost tear jerker moments. You know, they kind of tug at the heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the one where the, the the puppy became a dog and he was old. And he, they even gave the dog like gray hair, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, what other ones were there? I the, the baby one. I, I don't know why, but babies talking like adults kind of always gets me in a positive way. I kind of gave a chuckle to that one. So that one was all right. Um, I thought the Will Ferrell one. I chuckled a little bit, you know, like seeing him in the word. It's just the commercials aren't near what they, you know, they went, they, they went high shock value until what, maybe five or six years ago. And they've been a lot yeah. more tame. Like, you know, I thought the, the Ben Affleck Duncan commercial, you know, yeah, I got a little chuckle good. out of it. J-Lo yeah. drives up at the end and, you know, like the very first commercial of the game, I think, you know, and. Yeah, that was good. Um, Grab me a glazed while you're at it. That was yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, like the Bradley Cooper with his mom with the with the t-mobile i don't know yeah, if you remember that was that all one. right you know, yeah that was again, all right it's like there were some you know like in like the what was it um the hellman's brie and ham and then pete davidson at the end you know i thought you know it was at least somewhat like clever they're just good. they were you know there were there was nothing great there were just some kind of like <laughs> you know kind of chuckles i told you this one yesterday i thought they totally botched the caddyshack bushwood terrible terrible i wasn't like i love caddyshack and like joe was saying if you got it the spoof of of caddyshack was good i love caddyshack but i i wasn't impressed with it was a great idea to fill the roles i have no problem with the idea i think the idea is spot on but they botched it completely like tony romo in the bill murray role hello bill murray's still alive he's literally doing nothing just he would probably do it. He would probably do it. Why? Why Tony Romo? That make no sense to me. Well, and here's what I don't get either: is like why they've started like airing some of these commercials and leaking them before the game. You know, that was always like yeah, supposed to be part of why you watch the Super Bowl. Like, you know, why you don't go to the kitchen and get your right. stuff because you wanted to be there for the for the great Super Bowl commercials. That's what. I don't, I don't right. get why they'd start it in like they did. I don't think it was the exact same thing, but like on NFL network last week, they had, you remember the scene from Bill Murray, you know, like Cinderella story, right? Just, uh, you know, where he's like whacking yeah. the, the flowers and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. They had Romo doing that in a, in another version why? last week. Why? Yeah. Who associates Tony, Tony Romo with Bill Murray? I guess just because Romo's a big golfer and maybe, you know, maybe yeah. he loves Caddyshack. I don't know. That's a stretch. But that was a stretch. I also did not understand the Miller Coors Blue Moon thing, like the cross promotion. And like, I missed that. And I, because I remember hearing in wow. advance that there was going to be like two of the biggest brands in beer coming back to the, it was like apparently it had been like 30 years since Miller Light and Coors Light had advertised in the Super Bowl. They did it so, together, and it was right. like, this is better, this is better. And then all of a sudden, they get both wiped out, and they're like, this is a Blue Moon commercial. Like, it, <laughs> I don't know. It was 
I just didn't understand it. I didn't really get it. I don't know. Did they all spend like two and a half million on that one? Like, how did that? How did might that work? have? I don't, know. I don't know. It was just odd. It was just odd. I don't know. I so too. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of any other good ones that that because there was a couple that I like. Oh, okay, that was that's all right. Local. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I should have written them down as we were going along. Uh, basically, my my idea of writing them down was like texting you. I think. <laughs> During the game, you need you're to like, check your text, Jane. You're like, I'm not even here. You're not. I'm not even there yet. I'm behind. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, we were going back to the announcers. Zone six says Greg Olson is way more prepared than Robo. And I don't know if it's he's that he's prepared. Like we lost Sean again, and I'm sure he had a uh, a wonderful thing to say about the way Greg Olson is not as prepared as Tony Romo or, or is more prepared than Tony Romo. Excuse me. But, uh, I, you know, I just, Greg Olson, I think he understands the rules. I think he understands what's going on. I think, I think he does that just fine. But my, my issue with, with Greg Olson, he was just blah. blah. I don't know. You, you cut out in the middle of your sentence. Yeah. Like if, if Romo would have been calling that pass interference, you know, like whereas Olson was very, you know, forceful with his opinion about it. You know, Roman would be like, oh, I don't know, Jim. Could it be? <laughs> like Olsen, you know, again, Olsen is really up on the rules and game strategy and stuff like that. And Romo can be, but it's like he's kind of like thinks that he's trying to be this guy from three or four years ago. And it's like not even close to the same guy that he was, he really knows the rules and, and game situations and stuff like that as well. I think he just needs to go back to explaining it. I think he's trying to be some kind of entertainer and he's, yeah. he's not, he's not getting there. Right. You know, and maybe, you know, I've heard some people say, you know, like a disconnection with Nance potentially in the booth as well. You know, so I have no idea if that has anything to do with it, but I feel like, like early on, you know, it wasn't just Romo Nostradamus. It was also like Romo was really good with a lot of that, you know, that, was. that stuff, game situations yeah. and, and you know, like end of game, you know, like end of game, you know, this is what you need to do and all these different things. I think he just needs to get back to that more and speak more in complete sentences right. and he'd be fine. Yeah, know? as opposed to trying to be Bill Murray in a commercial like that. Yeah. Just it, go back to doing what you were doing. Yep. Boo, Derek, boo. Wow. <laughs> wow. <sighs> All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up because my mic has already dropped <laughs> twice tonight and I don't I want know, it right? to drop a third time trying to finish this off. So that's fair. Um, great stuff. Hopefully, yeah. we have some kind of update on what's going on tomorrow with the stay, offensive coordinator. We'll find out. Yeah, stay locked in at boards.irishbreakdown.com. And, of course, you and Jesse will be back at 6. And I'm sure that the guys will have a show at 1 o'clock. There's a rumor Oh boy, the whiteboard is, oh. is coming out tomorrow on the show. Look out. Yep, whiteboard is coming out yes. on tomorrow's show. So be ready for that. Looking Can't forward. wait. All right. Hit that like button again. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a five-star review and uh, comment and all that good stuff as well. We will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.